0: Hello and welcome to the East Baltimore Graffiti Church's podcast. We are so excited to have you join us today. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at ebgraffitichurch at gmail.com. Or you can check us out on our website at ebgraffitichurch.org. So as I open my Bible to Acts chapter 8, what I'm going to ask is for all of our children, you can stay where you are. But our children, I want to tell you a little bit about the message today, okay, boys and girls? So, here is this really cool story. At um, We have some boys and girls back here, up front, up front, and back here, yay. So, this is one of my favorite stories in the New Testament, because these guys appear, then they disappear, then there's some wild stuff going on. Here's what happened. So these guys are preaching the gospel, right? And all of a sudden, an angel of the Lord comes to one of them. He comes to this guy named Philip. And he says, even though we're all supposed to be going back to Jerusalem, Philip, I want you to go somewhere else. So Philip says, sure thing, God, I'm on my way. So he has Philip going to this strange deserted road all by himself, right? So Philip gets there, and he's like, okay, Lord, what's going on, right? Well, he didn't say that, but he was thinking it, right? He sees this man in a chariot, right? And this man is a eunuch, right? And he has dark skin, and he's, it looks like he's reading the Bible. But you know what I learned? Watch. I think because he was rich, and he worked for this queen that had, like, all the money, and he was in charge of all the money, I mean like bling, bling, all the money. And so he was wealthy and important, so his chariot was probably really big. As a matter of fact, contrary to popular belief, I don't even think he drove his own chariot. I think he had a chauffeur, right? <laughs> and, and here's why. Here's why. Because the Bible says, literally, if we read it carefully, Philip had to run and catch up with them and say, Hey, dude, what are you reading? How could this guy be reading the Bible and driving his own chariot, right? Come on, right? So Philip had to run. Hey, what are, you, what are you reading, right? And so the eunuch, the rich, dark-skinned man who looked different than Philip, he says, I'm reading, blah, blah, blah. He says, I'm reading in Isaiah. And he says, come up and join me. And Philip's like, whew, i was starting to get tired, man. Philip jumps on his chariot with him. And Philip's like, well, cool, God's already got me way down here. I don't care where the chariot's going, right? So Philip's on the chariot with them, and they start having this conversation. And they start talking about Jesus, and it's so cool, right? So skip forward. Their conversation is done, right? And so the Eunuch guy, he's got his face in the Bible, right? And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the Bible says, whoosh, Philip totally disappeared and landed like, on a cartoon, right, and landed in a whole other place called Azotus, because God can do those things, right? So He totally disappears from the chariot and lands in this other town, right? And even some of the adults are saying, "Dude, really?" And I'm like, "Dude, really?" Because that's what the Bible says. So Philip has this really cool encounter with this guy, and that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. But there were chariots, there was money, there was disappearing, There were disappearing people, and all the while, though, and here's a cool thing to remember, when you're serving God, your life can really be a wild adventure. You know what, even though I'm not as young as you guys anymore, even though I'm not, my life has been a wild adventure these days, and serving God doesn't always have to be a wild adventure. But sometimes it is, and it can be fun. So that's what we're going to be talking about for a few minutes here this morning, guys. And since we did all that, you know what, adults, you might even get the short version of this too this morning in Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. And do you know, boys and girls, and this is really wild too. Uh, Adults, you might appreciate this. So... Borders change, right? Countries change over the centuries. And so some say if this Ethiopian eunuch was really from Ethiopia, he had driven his chariot. Think about it. No gasmatic shocks, right? Um, No 32 pounds of pressure in the tire. Some say he was going to Jerusalem from Ethiopia to worship. Some say it could have been 1,500 miles. I don't really think that because... The borders of Ethiopia back then were probably really different. And the Bible talks about this place called Cush. And um, I didn't realize this till this week. But the part is, um, it's very, it's, it's, it's possible, I'm going to use the right word, that this guy was from a Nubian village in Aswan, which would explain his ethnicity. And also, in, it's in Egypt, on the upper Nile. And which means he probably only drove about seven or eight hundred miles in his bumpy chariot instead of fifteen hundred. Do you know what else is really cool? Diane and I, and our daughter we actually got to ride big camels through the Nubian village in Aswan uh, several years ago. so the Ethiopian eunuch um this Uh, Ethiopian that the Bible talks about here really could have been a guy from Aswan in in Egypt, but nonetheless I just think some of that stuff's exciting, right? So this morning we're going to talk about divine appointments. Hopefully um, if you're a follower of Jesus and and you pray and and you're serving Jesus and you want to share the gospel with others, you like to make yourself aware of divine appointments, right? When it's kind of like this, sometimes you think it's just a prompting. Sometimes you don't even think about it. God just provides an opportunity for you to talk to somebody, right? And you talk to them and you're faithful. You might just give a good word. You might share the whole gospel. You might even get to the part where you invite someone to pray and know Jesus, right? Um, And so that's what God's doing here in Acts chapter 8 with Philip. So first thing we're going to see about divine appointments, number one, when God interrupts your plans, sometimes I have a plan for my life. I've prayed about it. Sometimes I'm a good Christian, right? Sometimes I say, Jesus, it's your plan, not mine. And then I wake up every day and I say, yeah, I kind of mean that, Jesus, but here's what I'm doing, right? And I just want you to approve of it, right? But nonetheless, nonetheless, sometimes you just know God is interrupting your plans, and you don't know why it's, a, it's, 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 it's something that God is doing and we'll even talk about that more in a couple of minutes. But we do see a few things in verses 25 through 27 uh, on the next slide here about what happens when God interrupts your plans. One, be in a position to hear God clearly. These guys were on a mission. They were sharing the gospel in Samaria. So Jewish Christians sharing the gospel with people they called, they called half-breeds, they use those words, horrible ethnic words, right? They called the Samaritans religious and ethnic half-breeds. Remember, you remember what we're studying in the Bible in Ephesians, right? So these Jewish men come to know Jesus Christ. Now they're missionaries. They're in Samaria sharing the gospel and loving people who are different than them already. Then... Our guy, Philip, has this divine appointment where an angel of the Lord tells him to go down the road somewhere else and leave the other guys. So these guys are already actively serving God and sharing the gospel. When you and I are walking in the spirit and we're obeying God and we're aware of what's going on around us, you are putting yourself in a position to not miss these opportunities for a divine appointment. I have missed them before. What you say? If God ordained it, Charlie, how did you... Come on, man, don't mess with me today. So, so there was one time not too long ago, a few months back, I was talking to somebody on the street. I had a great conversation. I had some things to do. I came back inside. Later that evening, I told Diane, I missed it today. I messed it up. I was having a great gospel conversation, and I cut it short because I had things... I cut it short because I had things to do? Really? And and so I began to, one, I asked for forgiveness, and two, I asked for another opportunity uh, in case I'm supposed to be the one sharing the gospel with that person. But so so being in a good and ready position is very important. Being in a spot spiritually where you can hear from God clearly. Next you see there, obedience is the outworking of faith and trust. God said, Philip, get up and go. And then you know what the next words are? Philip got up and went. When God says get up and go, you and I better get up and go. Sometimes we don't know where, Philip did not know where he was going, right? God said, I'm sending you down to this this, uh, deserted road towards Gaza, um, and you don't have a clue why I'm sending you there. So you will have those times in your life. I always share one of the coolest things. You might say it's pretty simple, but my pastor said it to me, and he says it often. He said, God doesn't give you, and we're going to see a map in a minute because I like maps, but um, yes, I'm a nerd. God doesn't give you a map and say, here's the rest of your life with dates and bullet points all down. He doesn't, but you know what he always does do? He always will give you the next step in the journey. That's why it's called faith and obedience, trust and obey. No, I'm not singing the hymn, and you will be glad, but, but this trust and obey. So now, like Philip, you and I are in a good and ready position to hear from God. This obedience that we want is the outworking of faith and trust. We don't just wake up one day and say, okay, God, I'm going to. I'm trusting you today. No, these guys were trusting God, risking their lives, sharing the gospel, going to dangerous places already. Now, you say, Charlie, I'm no longer 25, 30 years. Old. I don't know about all this going to dangerous places. Well, you already live in Baltimore. The adventure is on. What a great phrase. I live in Baltimore. The adventure is on. Seriously. And listen, God is, here's another truth. God is always preparing you for the next step. Here's where I exercised some self-control and didn't turn there sooner. But we have already been studying Ephesians. I have this cool new Bible, right? But it's still getting used to me. Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2 and 13 through 17. We have already studied this, but it says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who formerly were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall by abolishing in his flesh the enmity. So I'm not going to continue there, but what Jesus did when he created the church He broke down the walls between Jews and Gentiles. He broke down the walls between religious people who hated each other. He broke down the walls between people who did not look like each other. These disciples were in Samaria sharing the gospel already. So when God sent Philip to the dark-skinned Ethiopian eunuch, Philip was cool. Philip was all doing what he was already doing. So we don't just wake up one day, right? God is always preparing you and me for the next step. And so that is part of our spiritual growth and our discipleship. Next, we already said this. When God says go, go. All right, when I say now, you finish. When God says go, go. Man, you guys are good this morning. And so next slide, you'll see, I told you I'm an aspiring nerd. But you see, they were on their way from Samaria down to Jerusalem and he sends Philip past Jerusalem further south to the road to Gaza. You can see that map there. Next slide. Oh my gosh, we're having so much fun. This this is Egypt and the upper Nile, and you see Cairo, Luxor, and then Aswan. It is possible that the Ethiopian eunuch, because Ethiopia would be further south, um, it is possible that he was from there, which means his journey would not have seen seemed impossibly far, although pretty darn far, right? So just a little uh, map there. Okay, next slide. Thank you. So number two, uh, something else we should remember in this account. We see that God, God is preparing the way for you. Number two, God is preparing some things for you. Next slide. In the next couple of verses, we see God is preparing people. This is so cool. When Philip arrives, the Ethiopian eunuch, is he's got the Bible open, reading Isaiah chapter 53. Don't let me see somebody sitting in the park reading Isaiah chapter 53. Dude, look, they're going to try to, look, they're in for a long conversation with me. That's one of my favorite chapters in the Old Testament that talks about Jesus, right? So God is always preparing people. Now, we're going to come back there in a moment. But this man, God had already, was already preparing this man's heart and mind to hear the gospel. Don't think you have to own all the stress and pressure of sharing God's love with people. You don't. All you and I have to do is trust and obey. Have faith and obey. So, so when it's time to share the gospel, sometimes we get nervous. You might start getting a little sweats on your forehead or something. Hey, you are not responsible for that person's response the Holy Spirit is. But God is already preparing someone to hear the gospel from you and from me. God is preparing places. Look, when when we were going to become church planters, I thought we were going to New York City and we never made it. I didn't even know what what place God was preparing for me. I was a little slow, right? But, you know, God is going before you. Psalm 139 says he's going out before you and coming in behind you. God is preparing those places for you already. He knows who you're going to talk to. He knows where you are going to go to do it. And again, lest I sound overly simplistic, we, all that we need to do is to go, trust, and obey. Um, but so, next slide, please. So here's a few things. Um, here you see Philip hearing and obeying the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it really is almost as if you hear an audible voice and you know you are supposed to do something. Then the Spirit of the Lord said to Philip, go up and join this chariot. So he had to jump on with the eunuch in order to share with God. Sometimes God says, Charlie, stop what you're doing and go here. God, I've got a really busy day today. You don't know my checklist today. Lord. I, no, no. So hearing and obeying the Holy, it's a practice too. We miss it sometimes. Are we walking in the spirit? Are we living in obedience? Am I having my devotions? Am I slowing down enough to even hear from the Lord? Is it God's agenda or my agenda? Next, boldness and confidence will be provided. And you see that in 31 31- yeah, you see that in 31 and 32. He says, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, well, how could I unless somebody tells me? And he invited Philip to go up and sit with him. And so verse 32, Philip's up there. They got into Isaiah chapter 53. And in Isaiah chapter 53, it is, oh, that's why I sound so loud this morning. I forgot that was on. Sorry, guys. I know I'm keeping somebody awake that would normally be taking a nap this morning. Uh, sorry. Sorry. Hey, so so in Isaiah chapter 53, we see, it says in verses 7 and 8, he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to slaughter, and like a sheep that is silent before its shearers, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off from the land of the living? This passage is talking about Jesus Christ 700 years before he was born. Earlier in this chapter called The Suffering Servant, we see that um, it says, Surely our griefs he himself bore, and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted but he was pierced through for our transgressions. Jesus died for your sins and for mine. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening, the punishment for our well-being fell upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. We are sinners, but the Lord has caused the sin of us all to fall on him. Christ died 700 years before he was born. You're hearing the, the story of what was going to happen to Jesus Christ for your well-being and eternity and mine. So, so here we don't get the whole conversation in Acts. It just says, this is so cool, and this is just like a real conversation you will have. The conversation started in Isaiah 53. I'm sure Philip was sharing these things with him, right? Oh, oh my gosh, Jesus died. They put him in a tomb. We went back three days later. He was gone. He rose from the dead, amen? Conquering sin and death forever. So Philip, it's, we don't hear the whole conversation. It would take up too many pages, right? And so the eunuch answered Philip then. Um, so again, before we move, you get that boldness and confidence just like Philip had, but his boldness and confidence from the Holy Spirit and the word of God. And then be prepared to share the gospel. So we hear that. And then number three, the gospel and baptism. The gospel and baptism. What you see in verses 34 through 40, right? The eunuch answered and said, who does the prophet um, say, of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or someone else. So Philip has the conversation, right? As they went along the road in verse 36, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, water, what prevents me from being baptized? Well, how did he know about baptism? Did he and Philip already talk about it? You know, the the Jews had several baptism traditions of their own that represented cleansing and cleansing from sin. If you go down their oldest historic Jewish church downtown here, right off East Baltimore Street, They have the old mikvahs down in the basement of the church still. It's a great tour to take, by the way. And you'll see the cleansing baths and the old mikvahs down in the basement of the church. Uh, The oldest uh, Jewish congregational church in Baltimore, I believe. Can't remember its name. And so he says, what prevents me from being baptized? Here, here, if we're going to be responsible with the gospel. And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, believing with all your heart, confessing Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And he ordered the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip as well as the eunuch, and he baptized him. So, verse 39 is so cool, right? They came up out of the water, and all of a sudden, whoosh, man, like one of those cool movies, right? Uh, like some matrix stuff, man, right? Philip is just gone. And the eunuch gets back on his chariot with his faith in Jesus Christ, having been baptized and heads home. This is an account, friends. Um, when Jesus started his ministry and was calling his disciples to be baptized, he said, repent and be baptized. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. John the Baptist said, repent and be Baptized. One of the reasons we get baptized is because we're simply doing it in obedience to what the Bible says. So we're obeying the Bible. Number two, Jesus Christ himself was baptized. And so the Father, the Son, and the Spirit are all present in one place at Jesus' baptism. So we get baptized because Jesus was baptized. And thirdly, friends, baptism does not save us, baptism is a picture and a symbol of what has already taken place in your heart in that you have confessed jesus christ as your lord and savior and i'm saying if you have not today can be the day amen you have confessed your sins and like philip said to the eunuch you must believe with all your heart that means all my eggs are in the jesus basket right that means i'm all in with jesus that means life is different so I confess my sins. Jesus Christ is my Savior. And then Philip says, well, come on now. It's time to dunk you. So, so we see that baptism does not save us. It is a public profession of your faith. We do it to obey the Bible, and we do it because Jesus did it. And really, I like to keep things pretty simple that way when it comes to baptism. As a matter of fact, in just a moment, we will pray. We will have a... a, a worship time. If anyone today, I'm going to give an invitation specifically, one, if today's the day that you want to become a follower of Jesus, we will pray a prayer of salvation and you will become a follower of Jesus and you will become a child of God. Your life will be forever changed and your eternity altered. And secondly, if you come forward and want to pray about baptism or you want to get baptized today, or you want to get baptized the next time we bat, I'll I'll dunk you today if you know Jesus. And so if you come during that time of uh, invitation today, we will do that as well. So Jason comes, we'll pray.